Have you ever been told, oh, stop it, you are so lucky, you shouldn't be depressed? Or even, no, you're not depressed. If so, how did you feel? Perhaps invalidated? Perhaps guilty and ashamed? Join me after the intro for some reflection around mental health and the stigma we have about it. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Today is the first episode of our second year together and also the first episode of May. And May is the month dedicated to mental health. So we want to start our second year reflecting on this topic. As most of you are probably aware by now, raising awareness about mental health, normalizing, talking about, and fight the stigma around it have always been the primary reasons we started this podcast. In fact, I experienced some of the stigma on my own skin from someone very close to me. And despite knowing that what I was told was meant to protect me, that situation didn't go easy with me. Now, while I prepared this episode, I reflected on the reasons for that stigma. My experience is that of an environmental-induced mental health struggle. And with that, I mean that one or more external causes have created the conditions for us to snap. And that without that external cause, there would unlikely have been any mental health dealing. So what does this external cause produce? I believe it is some sort of disconnection between what we always believed and the reality we experience as a consequence of that external cause. Our fundamental values may also be questioned and the foundations our whole existence has been built on start to crumble and crumble fast. And with that, we become aware of a void, a painful void that we never noticed before. And that's where our struggles seem to start. We may ask ourselves, was this painful void always there? Or was it created by that situation, that soul quake we have experienced? Between you and me, I've come to the conclusion that the void has actually been there all the time. And in fact, that most people have that void inside them. The way I see it now is that the real difference between those who struggle with mental health and those who never experience it 
is that the former has the strength and courage to look inside that void. Yes, you heard me right, because facing that void takes a lot of courage and strength, and certainly it's not for fainting hearts. Truthfully, normally we don't pay attention unless we are obliged to, particularly in the Western countries. You may wonder why. Well, because admitting we have a void inside and looking into it can be extremely painful. That void can make us feel as we fail somehow at what we were meant to be or to do. So instead of looking into that void, understanding where it came from and what it's telling us, we dive deep in our busy life. So my first conclusion is that those of, those of us struggling with mental health as something more than those who aren't, and not less as our Western culture is still quite adamant to believe. But then, if those of us struggling with mental health are in fact more courageous than those who appear normal, quote-unquote, why is it so difficult to eradicate the old mental health stigma? One reason, perhaps, is that growing up, we make imagination unfamiliar. So as adults, we believe in what we can say. If you see someone with a broken leg, complaining about the pain and calling it unbearable, would you doubt about that pain? Most likely not. You believe them because you can see the broken leg. You can see that they cannot bear any weight on it. You can imagine how it feels being them. Physical health problems are accepted in their distress and treated accordingly. Now, you would think that the same would apply also to mental illnesses, which are, after all, as legitimate and debilitating as many physical illness. But for some reason, this is not the case. With mental health, is different. Why? Well, I believe that it is because we are the only ones seeing that void inside us. Nobody else can. Nobody else can feel it. Nobody else can imagine how large and deep it goes. This, however, doesn't make it less real or painful to us. Quite the opposite, perhaps. Because in addition to the pain caused by that void, we also have to deal with the misbelief of others, family, friends, colleagues. You have to justify yourself for not being you, for not having the physical strength and the mental space to deal with routine activities that came so easy before. Or even the condescending looks of those who may remind us how lucky we are after all, living such a safe existence when history is full of dreadful pages. And we don't need to go very far back. It's enough to think about the many lives that have been lost in the past two years because of the pandemic, or even the many more that have been lost in Ukraine over the past couple of months due to a nonsense war. But the truth is, without discounting at all the seriousness of those situations, they are different, and one doesn't exclude the existence of the other. The tough laugh idea of if they fall, kick them so they rise back up again, it doesn't often help. It doesn't show compassion for what they are going through. It doesn't provide support and it doesn't tell them, it's okay if you feel this way. But remember, you are bright, determined, loving and loved, 
amazing person. Surrounded by a caring network of people whose desire is to support you, protect you, and comfort you in every way you need to get better. Well, I wish anybody had told me anything that resembled this in the midst of my depression. Instead, I was constantly pulled and pushed with comparisons with either my former self, i.e. the strong and successful lady who conquered any challenge she set herself to, or with those starving in the third world countries, or also with those waking up to the horrible sound of bombs. The problem is that reminding someone suffering with mental health how lucky they are because they are safe doesn't make them feel any better or happier. And if anything at all, it makes them feel perhaps guilty for sounding so ungrateful in their privileged existence, ashamed of their emotions, and that they need to bottle their feelings up to avoid the stigma attached to them. It's almost as if those suffering with depression need to carry around with them some sort of permission slip to justify their condition and exercise the right to feel that way. The stigma goes so deep inside our culture. I was attending a lab training course a few months ago. It was truly really interesting and I was learning a lot until the trainer made a comment about people affected by depression, saying that there is no such a thing as depression and that most people are not depressed. They do depression. Well, guess what? It was the last sentence I remember hearing and the only one that stood the test of time. Saying to someone suffering of depression that they are not, or sort of pretending to be, is at best doubt. And quite frankly, it doesn't help either, because those struggling with issues like depression may feel invalidated, guilty, ashamed, and embarrassed. But feeling invalidated, guilty, ashamed, and embarrassed are already emotions that most of us going through depression experience even without, well, their help. Depression makes you feel enough guilt and shame as it is without outside the influences supporting those inner voices. To feel the need to keep quiet because of those outside the influences is an incredibly dangerous game and unfortunately one that I would argue is the reason many people lose their lives to mental health. It was only a couple of days ago, for example, that I read of an American country singer, Naomi Judd, who lost her battle with mental health illnesses. Mental health doesn't spare anybody when the conditions are right. So what could help getting rid of the stigma around it? Well, perhaps upsetting that. If and when the conditions are right, anybody can fall into that trap. That would already help. If we all appreciate this, perhaps we would be more understanding of the pain of those among us who are in the midst of it right now. We would be less judgmental and use perhaps a bit more compassion towards them. Accept them or how they feel and what they are going through. The last thing to do is to be ashamed or make anybody struggling with mental health feeling ashamed for what they are experiencing. Shame is what prevents us from talking and sharing our feelings and what we experience. And talking is crucial. 
And it is for two reasons. First, to help ourselves in our own journey. And then to normalize talking about mental health and depression. Because if we don't talk about them, we support the existence of the stigma towards them. In my journey through depression, I didn't have a roadmap or signs pointing towards the exit. Nobody told me what to do to get better. I felt isolated, neglected, misunderstood and judged in my pain with a very few exceptions. At the time, the soundtrack of my life was the silence of the many people I used to call friends. A silence that was often so loud, too loud, in fact, to be comfortable. In a situation like that, the only thing you can do is to go inside. Look at that void that was perhaps always there, but you never noticed before. But looking inside, slowing down, facing that void, and reflecting are all very painful things to do. We live in a culture, especially in Western countries, where we are numbed by the speed life flows, the noises, the stimuli, the distractions, everything is fast. And we live with the idea that we need to accept and support that speed. If we stop, if we pause and reflect on what is happening around us, we get lost, judged, and perhaps even penalized. And so we continue on our path, hoping for the best. You need to know that not only is it okay to go inward, it can be very rewarding in the end too. Slowing down and looking inside that void are the very things that can save you, as difficult to believe as it may sound. For a very long time, I saw my exploration of that void as the start of my depression, and so may you. On a second thought, having come further in that journey and being able now to see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, I would argue that, on the contrary, is the very moment when our healing starts. Embracing that moment allows us to be aware or become aware of the beliefs and values that need to be released, replaced, or reframed because they no longer serve us, while offering us the opportunity to build new and more authentic foundations. Looking back, being left on my own or to my own devices was perhaps a blessing in disguise as it obliged me to go inward. The journey out of depression requires some major distraction and it happens over a long period of time, so be patient with yourself. When I'm asked to say how it is, my answer is that I had to kill my former self to start raising back. It might sound a strong expression, but it really feels like that. I emerged out of that journey being different. The person I was in many ways no longer exists. I'm not going to discuss whether my new self is better or worse than my former self. That's not the point. The point is, I'm definitely different. Churchill once said, if you are going through hell, keep going. I find it a great advice, also when it comes to re-emerging from mental health illnesses. After looking inside at the void and embracing the distraction of part of your former self, the next important step is talking about it. It's talking about the struggles, 
talking about the many challenges. Why? You may ask, was it enough to get rid of part of who I was? Do I need to share it with the rest of the world too? Well, the simple and short answer is yes. By talking, you take a bit of that pain out of your system. You flush it out. You don't let it stay inside where it can grow again and affect your life in a massively negative way again down the line. You also normalize that sense of pain that you have inside. So what I learned from my personal struggle with mental health in general and depression in particular is, one, don't be ashamed about it and have compassion for yourself. Two, you have the right to feel how you feel. You don't need to be validated or get any permission from anybody else to feel that way. Three, don't be scared of that painful void you discover inside you. Don't ignore it or it will get bigger instead of acknowledge it, look into it. Four, prepare yourself to let part of your former self go. This is not the end, but rather your rebirth. Five, talk about your feelings and everything you are going through. It helps you overcoming your depression and it helps you normalizing the conversation around it. And if you know someone going through the journey, show them compassion and support. Be there for them in a way that serves them and not you. Don't be judgmental and don't ask questions how they feel. Because if you can't see the signs and feel the pain, it doesn't mean that mental health illnesses are not real or less real and debilitating than physical problems. In my experience, the journey out of depression can feel and be scary and lonely. Support is important, but not everybody has the necessary understanding to provide the support you need. A network unable to support you in the way you need is perhaps worse than not having much of support. If that's your experience, seek professional help. So are you going through a tough time right now? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Do you have challenges or maybe questions that you would like to be answered? If so, get in touch. I will be happy to help in any way I can. You will find all the links in the episode description. Finally, if you have been affected in any way by the topic we discussed today, as always, I invite you to seek professional help. Join me next time when we will continue exploring, inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.